Hey guys, what's happening? Welcome to the show. Welcome to another episode of Action Movie Anatomy. And we are lucky enough to have our movie screens graced with the one, the only Tom Cruise. If you don't see Jack Reacher, never go back. You're going to die. So we're going to talk about it right now on Action Movie Anatomy. And I can't bring and wait, guys. Hang out with us. We're going to break it down for you. We'll see you in just one second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now... Here's Popcorn Talk's Action Movie Anatomy. Boom! What's up, everybody? Welcome Strange to the show. Days are back again. Well, oh, yeah. Oh, it's, no. It's not a, not a born film. <laughs> oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Strange Days. It's Extreme Ways. Oh, right. <laughs> are you combining, like, the doors now? Look, like, man, I'm just going to just do everything <laughs> wrong today. Uh, feels like with that explosion, the room just got really warm. Did it you did. feel that? It did. The AC is not working today. Thank God I wore a suit. Andrew wore a jacket for a reason. It was very good. Yes. Uh, welcome, welcome back, guys. Welcome to Action Movie Anatomy, the the show on the Popcorn Talk Network where we talk about action movies. The Popcorn Talk Network, for those wondering, is the online movie network dedicated to talking movies and all things movie related. This is Action Movie Anatomy, the show where we break down the best action movies in the world. And this is episode like. I don't know, seventy-seven or something like that. We're getting we're getting real close to our hundred. Yeah, we're well on our way. Yeah, yeah, we're definitely getting there. And uh, I'm your host Ben Bateman, joined today by Mr. Andrew Guy. Hey everybody, how you doing? I am just getting back from San Francisco. It's my first time ever in the Bay, and what a lovely city that was. Yeah, San Fran's awesome. I uh, I was I was supposed to fly back on Monday and get back in at like two p.m. Yeah, uh, PST. My flights were canceled three times and delayed eight times. I got back at one a.m. Tuesday morning, and I was like. Oh my god, I have to go see Jack Reacher. I had totally forgotten that I hadn't seen it yet. Oh no. I was just like ready to do the show. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh wait, I haven't seen the movie. Like the trailer was good enough, you know. <laughs> yeah. Saw it yesterday, blown away, can't wait to talk about it. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty friggin' sweet. I mean, it was a good trailer. The thing is, it's like with this show with Tom Cruise, like we. He does basically a movie a year. I mean, that's pretty much his MO now. Yeah. Uh, has been for a while. And there was a period of time where he was jumping around doing a little more than that. He seems to be sort of back on the wagon of just, like, film a bunch of movies and release them once a year. So yep. it's just, you know, it's like Christmas for us when a Tom Cruise movie comes out. I know. I was thinking it's like every time a new Tom Cruise movie comes out, we have to do it on the show. We'll pretty much always be able to do his movies on the show, it feels like. Yeah. Even if Tom Cruise did, like, a heavy drama, I think we would just break the rules and do it anyway. <laughs> we could argue that there's, like, enough action. Uh, Cruise lo- just opening his mouth is action. It's action. Him it's just talking. Action. Yeah. What I loved is that why make Jack Reacher 2? Why do it? Yeah. But if you make Jack Reacher 2, you only it's just like the second London has fallen and John Wick. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know what I mean, the yeah. Fallen franchise. Your expectations are never that high. You're going and getting yeah. exactly yeah. looking for exactly yeah. what you're going to get, you know. So I, I loved it. The sound editing on the ass kicking was great. His <laughs> hits were very impactful. It was very good. Yeah. Uh, so guys, if you want to follow along with the show with the conversation uh, at AMA Podcast is where we are on Twitter. We've been gaining a couple followers here and there. It's been a lot of fun to uh, interact with you guys. And then of course, if you want to follow either one of us personally, you can find me at Ben Bateman Media. And you can find me at Andrew Guy on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, anybody that ever you know tweets at us, we always try to get back and, and engage in the conversation. So, mm-hmm. uh, yes, last but not least, we have Marissa Serafini, the wonderful, the talented in-booth engineer and host extraordinaire. Hello, How are you guys. today, my dear? Welcome, welcome, everybody who's also listening. I'm excited for your discussion of Jack Reacher because I haven't seen the movie yet. I'm seeing it very soon. So You're going to see it tonight, you said? Yeah, tonight. So I'm waiting to 
hear what you guys have to say. So in the last month, we've got the opportunity to spoil two m- movies for you. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah? You guys should feel so blessed. It's pretty good. Have you seen The New Walking Dead yet? No. All right, let's talk about that then. Might as well just ruin it. everything you for watched, me. right? Oh, I watched it. Um, Insane. It, it, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's the craziest episode of television I've ever watched. I mean, no question. I, th- I think so. I think so. There's, there's maybe the episode where Walt runs over those two guys. Yeah, but that's but like, like so different. That's like super like yeah. yeah, great moment. This was like actually like I immediately started crying. Oh really? When he when he when the words were said Yeah, right, when he tries he tries to say it. Uh I started crying. Yeah. I was sitting there watching it and like was kinda having that moment, my jaw was dropped, my eyes were wide, and I was just like am I going to like have to step out of here and vomit? I right? Was like, I was like, like, like this is like nauseating. Because like, of how gnarly it is, right? so hard to watch. Yeah, I mean, that's like the big discussion is people saying that it's like, this is too heavy-handed, but the comics, that's what it was. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was panel for panel without spoiling anything, guys, yes, specifically. Yep. But uh, it's worth watching. It's definitely worth a watch. Even if you don't watch the show, it's just insane. So, uh, yeah, this is Jack Reacher, Never Go Back, uh, and this is Action Movie Down. We, the, the movies we talk about on the show have four basic rules. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Uh, aside from being made after 1981, the movie Hero always plays by their own rules, and of course, if it's Tom Cruise, he, yeah, he Tom, will never play by anybody else's rules ever. Tom Cruise, the actor, only takes characters or roles that play by their own rules. Yeah, he produces the film, he stars in it, yep. and he, yeah, even on set, he plays by his own rules. <laughs> he's very charismatic. Yeah, he's so charismatic. I'm so excited to meet Tom Cruise someday. <laughs> uh, two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people in the room. Um, m- villains in Cruise movies, unless they're Philip Seymour Hoffman and MI3, are like. Always kind of understated and never that good. Like, yeah, they're always like they're just f- placeholders. Kind of, you gotta yeah. have the the main bad guy, and then it's usually their his henchman, yeah. his main henchman that's actually the guy. Same with the first one. Yep. Again, so it's. I think the henchman though was was definitely the smartest guy in the room. Yeah, for sure. The uh, the ex military guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. He was, and I, I mean, he was like the he was the villain. Yeah, he was definitely the villain. I love the classic. You and I were the same. Yeah, you know, right. Like we we both can't go back to normal life. I was waiting for that conversation yeah. the whole movie. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and then three, the movie is driven by a police, military, or political figure, and he's military police. Well, yeah. he's ex military police, but uh, <laughs> ex yeah major. yeah. But uh, you know, he's constantly ref- referenced, and people are constantly saluting because he's such a fucking hero. He is. He's a fucking hero. A fucking hero, Tom uh, Cruise. And the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. There's definitely an explosion in this movie, right? It's got to be right. I'm like just spacing, but I think there's almost positively an explosion. There has to. There's be. always explosions in these movies. Yeah, though I can't think of one actually. There's an explosion of family. Yeah, explosion <laughs> of caring. <laughs> uh, that weird cylindrical thing on the side of Cruz's face when he smiles now—that kind of explosion. Oh yeah, they like burst. You know what I'm talking about? That is, yeah. It's weird. It is weird, and it's, then it's his... like a circle on his jaw. Yeah, and his old man like six pack. It's yeah. always been weird. We've always talked about oh. how his six pack's been odd. Cruz has always had a weird body. <laughs> <laughs> always, always since day one. No he, one debates that. When he was like twenty four, he had like a strangely shaped body, like a close to forty year old man old body. It's, it's like just herniated, like, and it's just weirdly shaped. <laughs> That's all it is. But he rocks it. You know what I actually thought was interesting on the subject while we're just getting into Tom Cruise and the shirt off conversations. <laughs> Why not? Um, 
All right, so Jack Reacher, he's like, he's not like a super agent. He's not Ethan Hunt. He's not supposed to be a superhero. He's supposed to just be like a badass dude who can kick your ass. Right. He's like a drifter. He like lives on buses and stuff. Uh, I still don't get that whole thing. That he's a drifter? Yeah. Yeah, well, he's just a drifter. So like, whereas like Ethan Hunt is like a superhero. Yeah, he's a super agent superhero. I flipped on Rogue Nation the other day. And uh, this was shot like two years ago. So one of two things happened. Either Cruz made the conscious decision for Jack Reacher 2 to just be like, I don't have to be totally shredded and tan. Oh, right, right. And like, I don't have to be that character for this movie because that's not what Jack Reacher is. Or he aged like 10 years in two years. Because I swear to God, if you go watch, you go watch Rogue Nation, there's that scene when they have him tied up and he vaults yeah. up the pole. And he looks like he has the body He's of a 25-year-old. shredded. It's yeah. ridiculous. He has a clear six-pack. He pops out. Reddit. I think. I think you're right. I think that's what it is. I think that Jack Reacher is more so that guy, the everyman, that's a retired ex major, that's a drifter, that just kind of does his thing. Whereas Ethan Hawk, or excuse me, Ethan Hunt, still needs to be viewed as a superhero yeah. to do the things that he does. Totally. Yeah. It, it, it was crazy to me. I was just like, because this movie was. That's definitely one of the, the plot lines I would take away from this movie. If we're talking about like, what do you want to talk about about Tom Cruise? He looked visibly older in points mm-hmm. in this movie in a way that I wasn't used to seeing. Like, he, he's really taking good care of himself. But it's so strange to watch Rogue Nation because it, it is just recent. It's like two years ago. Like, what the yeah. hell happened? I, I, I don't feel like he aged that much in two years, so I think no, it was... No, but I understand what you're saying. It, it's not about age. It's about, uh, I don't know, I guess, like, maybe keeping the total package together. Because yeah. even in Rogue Nation, when we were watching it, we were saying... You can't see that he's getting a little grizzled. He is getting a little yeah. older, but in this movie, he he looks like a he looks like the, the every guy that's gotten older. Whereas in the other one, he looks like a super agent that's gotten older. Yeah, if that makes sense. And I would, if I was going to bet money, it would be actually that it's intentional. Like I don't yeah, think he like went into so this too. movie being like I want to look a little thicker, but like I I would bet money that in Jack Reacher he was just like. I don't have to live and yeah. do this thing that I did for that one because, like, it's not a Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, exactly. And we all know that Mr. Cruz can do anything that anything. he sets his mind to. He could just be 25 again if he wanted to. <laughs> he could, <laughs> he could fly. Um, do you like the length that I wrote here? I did. <laughs> At some angles, Cruz's face still looks 30. It's remarkable. It is remarkable. <laughs> it really is. Did you notice, the shot that I noticed it was at the end of the movie when he's looking back at his daughter and he turns for yeah. a second, and I was like, holy shit! Well, even in He's the, 30 again! In the first time you see him, he looks younger than he does in many parts of the trailer. Yeah. Because in the very first time you see him in the movie, he turns, and you see he's a little grizzled, he's a little yeah. older, but there's parts of the movie where he looks like significantly older, where you're like, that dude's in his 50s. Yeah. And then at the very end, like you said, it's like, is he? Yeah. Is he 36 again or what? He's a goddamn shapeshifter. He's something, something remarkable about something him. Something special. <laughs> uh, so, guys, we're going to get into the uh, the trailer here before we get into the uh, the first parts of the show. We're going to queue it up here. This is the official uh, Never Go Back trailer. It's a good trailer. It is a good trailer. Yeah. What the hell happened here? There's a fight. One guy took them all down with his bare hands. He's still in there. Sweet. Turn around, mister. You see your hands. Slowly. My favorite line is great. Aggravated assault is a felony in this state, Mr. Reacher. Process him and get him to county. Reacher, first name Jack. Two things are going to happen in the next 90 seconds. Excuse me? First, that phone over there is going to ring. This was too Second. intense. Yeah. When he did this, when yeah. the movie was just like, calm down, Tom. <laughs> on your way to prison. <laughs> well, that is one magnificent prophecy, Mr. 
Mr. Reacher. Uh-oh. Just gonna keep on ringing. <laughs> Thanks for tipping us off to that sheriff. When are you coming to D.C.? I move around a lot. You're a legend. Folks wonder why you left. Purple Heart, Silver Star. There's this <laughs> big dent in the desk. People say you made it with someone's head. Purple Jack Heart. Reacher. I loved it. They ran out of medals to give him line. Sure yeah, it was a good one. He's been set up. How much does Reacher know? How's it going? I don't like being followed. They show like a you solid like vulnerable. That's right. minute and a half Maybe in the first six minutes of the movie. Yeah. Death with it. And like a lot of good I'm scenes. Yeah. Like those other sweet action Reacher. scenes. He's here to kill you. Yeah, that part was pretty sweet. My they, men were shot by one of our own. Right, but showing all these it's scenes is like deflating the balloon. Like yeah. you can show so many sweeter action creature. scenes. Wild man here. That was a mistake. You're a dead man. You think you're above the law. But I'm not the law. So you should start running, because I'm going to start hunting. And when I find you, I'm going to kill you all. It's like a strange... <laughs> the, the character of Jack Reacher and like what Cruz has decided to do with like this... Like, all you guys go to the same barber? Like his like grizzled like take no shit from anybody take no prisoners character right it's like the PG version of it yeah absolutely it's the Tom <laughs> it's the Will Smith version of like what being a rapper was yeah. back in the day yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Tom Cruise's action hero yeah he would never have a line where he's like I'm fucking thirsty yeah like that wouldn't happen it's funny though but it's like this is him trying to push the limits a little bit like be pretty hard <laughs> but it's like so PG it has to be so it's still like you could watch this with a 10 year old and not feel bad this yeah. movie yeah, it's all like honor and nobility. Though the, some of the lines from the first movie actually were like a little like I thought he, they pushed the envelope a little more. Oh yeah, like isn't that the one where he says I'm gonna rip your arm off and beat you to death with it, or isn't that what in this one? I intended to, to what he said to, to drink your blood from a boot. Yeah, drink your blood from a boot. <laughs> he has a couple sweet lines like that. There's also yeah, I mean definitely. So, but I think it's a hilarious it's a hilarious franchise to like in his 50s be trying to like push the envelope in that way yeah and again like we talked about this in our our first Jack Reacher episode uh, when it's like he's supposed to be 6'5 and like 250 yeah. the character of, of that Tom Cruise plays yeah which is why I mean that's why you gotta get Tom to do it cause he's got the <laughs> he's got the character yeah of a 6'5 man he's got the strength of a, of a large man <laughs> I mean that's the thing it's like if you're if you're Cruise's height and weight and you're asked to play like mili- ex-military police through 6'5 like you got to just like play it like you have the attitude of a dude who's six yeah, five. Absolutely. One of my favorite scenes is like early on when like someone goes to stand up. Yeah. And he shows her stand up, and then it, she, you can see that she's like visibly like six inches taller, and they cut really quick and change the angle, and he's taller than her. Yeah. You know he's on a little soapbox. Uh, Cruz. I love it. The best. It's the fucking best. I wonder if Cruz. I hope. I hope that he has a sense of humor about his height. Like I hope that he's just like. Right, he's not like offended. He doesn't have like a Napoleon Do you know what complex. I mean? I, it's, it would be hard to imagine being as famous as he is to not have like. Not be one of those things where, like, just, like, don't fucking mention my height. Right. You know? It's the one thing he, Mr. Cruz does not like to talk about. At the same time, though, I, I wonder if he's just at this point just, like, whatever. I just... I feel like for him and, like, guys like Statham and yeah. Jet Li, yeah. where they've just, like, very small men, actually, yeah. in stature, and they've proven to be badasses on screen, I feel like you would just own it and think it was hilarious. If you Pro- use the numbers, 
five and six consecutively. <laughs> You're going to die. You're going to die. Steve Lemieux <laughs> up in the booth. I was like, what is going on? <laughs> Marissa took a little break. What's up, Steven? How you doing, man? Doing pretty good. That was good. That was a, that was clever. That was good. Have you seen uh, Have you seen Reacher yet? I have not. Are you going to see Jack Reacher around? I think I will. You should. I enjoyed engineering when you guys did the first movie. So yeah, oh, it's very good. And we're about to get into our our uh, thesis statements, which thesis is they're statement. phenomenal. Uh, all right, so free thesis statement, guys, is that moment of the show where we premiere something—a big thought, a big idea, something that we really feel holds together and uh, kind of just like drives. It's the thing that you watch this movie and you think to yourself the whole time. So it's kind of your elevator pitch at a party. You've got a drink in your hand. Somebody's like, "Such and such, Jack Reacher," and you're like, "This is what I think. I'm an expert. I do a movie show, so you're going to think this is impressive." And these are my points to back it up. Yeah, exactly. Um, not. Actually, that they would think it's impressive because you're, you're drinking at a party. <laughs> and you're talking uh, about Jack Reacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've, con- I've constructed a strong thesis on Jack Reacher, never go back. Somebody talk to me. How did he get in here? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's fun. I actually want you to go second because I like your thesis so much. It was I was almost going to do the exact same thesis as you. Okay. And I think you put it, uh, you've had better verbiage. Um, mine is, is that this sequel is so much better than the first. This of the franchise, this is the greatest film, and there should be no more. That is it, right you, there. I think I find that so crazy that you think this movie is so much better than the first movie. I really do. It's wild. I really do, and I think the reason why is is what I was saying in the beginning is that I knew exactly what I was getting into. I knew what I was signing up for. Um, whereas in the first film, you were hoping for so much more. Hmm. I think, or, or as a Tom Cruise action movie fan, I was like, yeah. Jack Reacher. This could be cool, I guess. And you went into it and it was kind of like a letdown. Whereas with John Wick, it's like Keanu Reeves, I like him, but I don't like him on the same level as Tom Cruise, right? Yeah, so my thesis is that uh, Tom Cruise is the only living actor that a studio would actually bank making two simultaneous action franchises starring him at the same time. Yes, that that would actually happen. That a studio would think that it's a good idea for us to release back to back movies with Tom Cruise starring as an action hero that are sequels, um, and expect people to actually see them. Yeah, um, and I that, there's a lot of reasons for that, but that that is, I think, he's the only movie star that I can think of that would draw that kind of attention because worldwide, Cruise's star is still so massive. Yeah. Um, now, so Keanu Reeves is the other argument because it's like, oh, well, he was Neo. And yeah. now he's John Wick, but that's almost twenty years apart. And on top of that, like by the time he made John Wick, that was a shot in the dark. Like yeah. that, that was like the fact that that ended up being as big of a hit as it was was a total surprise. See, now that goes back to my thesis again. Is so going into John Wick, I was already just like, no, this is not going. to... And then it was amazing, yeah, like, so good, amazing. My yeah. buddy, I was talking the other day. He was, I was telling him about our show. And he, he was like, oh, my God, dude. Have you seen John Wick? Yeah. They're making another... And he just went off about the training and the videos. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah. So, in that sense, it's like, I don't think John Wick 2 is going to be better than the first one. But I think Jack Reacher 2 was better than the first one for those reasons that I just said. Yeah, it's... I think the thing that's so strange about them making a sequel to Jack Reacher and, like... It's that because of his star power, because, mm-hmm. like... We've talked about this a lot, Redbox Generation, just the whole sort of concept of straight-to-video movies starring A-list, formerly A-list stars, right. and how that's so common now, and what it takes to really be somebody who still only releases in theaters, to be somebody who, if you're in a movie, it still is a big deal. And even though Cruise's star has faded from the place that it was a decade ago, it's, it's, like, it's definitely been on the rise the last couple of years, but more importantly than that, 
He still is only releasing a movie yeah. a year. It's like that player. You always have this discussion in fantasy football with a player's floor and their ceiling. Yeah, right. Tom Cruise's floor is a multi-million-dollar film that is only going to be released in every theater in America. Yeah, like that. And that's for, his floor for him to look and be like, okay, so the movie I'm going to release in 2016 is Jack Reacher two. It's like making Jack Reacher in the first place. Any other star you can no. think of who was hit in his, like a Willis or like a Nick Cage. But actually, let's, let's let's change that conversation to even someone relevant now that's huge that yeah. isn't like quite like Chris Hemsworth, for instance. Yeah, let's say he did a Jack Reacher film. They wouldn't make another one if it was if it was received the same way the first one of this was. Well, yeah. So that's it. So let's let's get into that conversation really quickly before we move on to fist pump moment because there's actually a reason this movie was made. I read an article in Variety about this and. So the first Jack Reacher film, worldwide... Uh, can we pull up the box office graphic I pulled really quickly? It was the 2012 Worldwide, and Reacher, I believe, came in 40th. Uh, the first Reacher did. Um, if you can blow that up for me just a little bit. Thanks. 40th. I think worldwide it was 40th, which... Worldwide is actually... Yeah, let's see here. Uh, Jack Reacher, that looks like number 37, right? Worldwide, that's not bad. And what does that say? A little bigger on the number. Is it 216? I'm totally blind. Uh, it says two eighteen point three. Okay, two hundred eighteen million dollars worldwide. Mm-hmm. So the first Jack Reacher movie cost like fifty, I think, right. to make, uh, and they it was it was received with pretty mixed reviews. It wasn't a hit. People didn't love it. Mm-hmm. I saw it in theaters. I was kind of underwhelmed by it. Yep. Um, it ended up playing really well in home box office and uh, in, in like home video, and then particularly overseas, it did really well. Two, I mean, two hundred eighteen for a movie that cost fifty. Is pretty good. That's very good. Um, that's pretty good. And so I think the Especially studios... Especially if you, or you're producing it. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? So I think the studios were like, you know what? We think that this... Apparently, like, the focus groups were testing and being like, we like that he's ex-military police, that he's this kind of, like, drifter character. Mm-hmm. It was a likable character for people. And I think they were just like, you know what? It's very difficult to concept a franchise that makes money. I mean, for by comparison, Edge of Tomorrow made... What was it? Three, it was like th- somewhere in the three hundred millions, and cost no, almost two hundred to make. Right. The return on this is much higher. Yeah, much 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 higher. And that and it's so funny. You're right. Like, I was in the theater yesterday. I went to a, a two fifteen showing in Santa Monica, California, at an ArcLight Cinema. So it's it's a nicer theater. And um, there was about twelve twelve of us in the audience. There was two ladies in front of me that were got to be close to eighty years old. Yeah, there to see Tom Cruise. That's so awesome. There was another guy my exact same age. Yeah, could have been doing it for his video podcast show yeah. in the same row as me. Yep. And then behind me was a family. Yeah. Of like middle aged parents, you know, like late thirties, early forties, and their kids in their early teens and like yeah. adolescents, and it was just like, this is why Tom Cruise is still making movies and money. Yeah. Look at who's in this theater at two o'clock in the afternoon in yeah. Santa Monica when the beach is literally a half a mile away. Yeah. You're in here watching this. Like that is why Tom Cruise's star is always gonna be on the way up. That's why he can do one movie a year and we'll still go see it. It's that's also like a combination of a few things, right? With his star when you talk about what makes Tom Cruise Tom Cruise as far as the global brand goes. Mm-hmm. I mean, his worst controversy that he ever got into was that he was part of the Church of Scientology right. and that he jumped on Oprah's couch. That was that was the actual worst. Right. He didn't hit his wife. He didn't embezzle money. He didn't he, he didn't, didn't do get drugs. caught with a prostitute. Yeah. He he was like part of a controversial religion that people don't really understand and he did it a little too publicly for like one year. Yeah, he was just like too excited about something he was excited about. Which like 
at no point am I going to offer any kind of judgment or clarity on Scientology because I know very little about yeah, it. Yeah, no. And that's not the reason we love Tom Cruise. But the point is, that was the guy's scandal. I mean, the biggest movie star in the world, <laughs> right. that was his scandal. And, like, you look at what's happened with his star recovering. Yeah, he puts in the most energy. He's totally endearing. He's totally and completely committed to every character that he plays. He's respectful on set. You don't hear a bad word about the guy. You don't hear that he's an asshole. He, like... That's the and that's the reason you're talking about. There's 80 year old women. There's 50 year old dudes. There's 25 year old guys. Because it's like you probably grew up watching Tom Cruise. There's probably some movie you connected. Did you see the James Corden thing by the way? Did you watch it? No. Is he in the car? No. Oh, you you didn't. Why you gotta watch this? I'll send this to you. He went on Corden. He did Roll Call, which is Corden's show where he he gets the actor to go through like his his whole. catalog of movies and do like a 10 to 20 second little like video tribute with a green screen okay for every yeah, movie yeah, yeah. and he it was nine minutes his cruise's whole career and they covered like 40 movies um or not 40 but it was like 25 or 30 right they only missed a few important ones but the craziest thing to me when i thought about this was and when i had my tom cruise party we had the same conversation because right. the conversation the question was what are the four movies the four most iconic Tom Cruise movies. They're tied to the most iconic scenes. Mm-hmm. Those four that we decided on were Top Gun, Jerry Maguire, Risky Business, Mission Impossible. Okay. Those, those were the four I think that everybody was like, because I think we named drinks after those four. Yep. And it was like, yeah, okay, the scene with him hanging from the ceiling, super iconic. Absolutely. Most iconic Tom Cruise scene ever is in Risky Business with him sliding. Yeah. Old-time rock scene, and roll. Yep, and then the, the you had me at hello and that whole... And Top Gun, or, or Show Me the Money. Those yeah. are like the scenes. Show me the money, yep. When I thought about it, and I was watching this, and people were loving it, and it went viral, and it was super fun to watch. Cruise is great. He has a sense of humor. He does, I mean, he does all the scenes. He does Tropic Thunder. He does... I can't wait to see this. But what I thought about was so interesting is like, okay, Risky Business came out in 1983. Top Gun came out in 1986. Hmm. Respectively, those two movies are 30 and 33 years old. Two of his, I would argue, his most iconic scene, the scene that they ended the whole thing on, is old time rock and roll from Risky Business from 33 years ago. That's his most iconic scene. Tom Cruise has been famous in four decades. And he all it all started with that. That's still remembered as the that's one that still, launched. That's him. the thing. Yeah, that's. I mean, I, I hadn't really seen Risky Business many times, and then this year, you and I, you were like, "We got to watch it. We got to sit down and watch yeah. it. You'll love it." And I loved it. And it wasn't just because I love Tom Cruise. Now it's just a great movie, and it's it's just fun, and it's a yeah, it's it's a phenomenal movie, and I and it gave me a new respect for it because I always thought it was just that scene. Yeah, it was just because of that scene, and I was like, why is this so? It's like super bad before super bad. Exactly. Yeah. 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 But it's just it's crazy when you think about that that the guy has managed to reinvent himself, be stay stay relevant, stay making movies, and like so many of these actors. I mean, think about the scandals that some of the other stars we talked about had. Think about somebody like Mel Gibson. Right. Like, he got, you know, caught drunk driving and said anti-Semitic remarks to a police officer. <laughs> like, you compare, like, you compare, like, a little excited about your religion we don't understand to anti-Semitic and drunk driving. It's right. Like, and then also just, like, all the domestic violence cases you hear about, all the drugs, the prostitutes, like, these things are things that happen. This dude has been more famous than I can imagine for longer than I've been alive. Yep. And to be able to maintain that level of composure is incredible. So anybody who's still listening after we just decided <laughs> to rant about that for the last 20 minutes. Um, but yeah, I, I so Nobody. just thinking about why they made the movie, why they made the sequel, and looking at the numbers, it is kind of fascinating that like Jack Reacher 1 made that much money. We actually got called out when we did the first Jack Reacher film, I think, for me saying that it wasn't successful. And yes. somebody in the, in the comments was like, it was actually very successful. Yeah, and they, they were, were like, right. They were like, it made this amount of money, it, it got these reviews, and, and yeah, and it was on these lists, and we aren't always right. Yeah, it, I guess what we thought when we said that was just it was exactly 
Yeah, it was exactly what we thought when we heard that they made a second film. It was right in the at the tail end also of the whole like, is he still a movie star thing? Because you mm-hmm. remember the the starting with 08, the movies that had come out were like it was like Lions for Lambs. He had done the Rolling Tropic Thunder, which people thought was cool. He had done Rock of Ages. Mm-hmm. He had done Night Val- and Day. Valkyrie. He had done Valkyrie. He had done Oblivion. He had done uh, this movie. The only one in there that was really a hit was Mission Impossible 4. Yeah. So there was like five or six years, and this movie was the right at the tail end of that, right before Oblivion, where none of those movies did particularly well critically. Nobody liked any of them. It was the next year with Edge of Tomorrow and then Mission Impossible 5 that it started to really ratchet up again. And then this, apparently. Apparently, yeah. This franchise. So, uh, anyway, moving on to fist pump moment. This yes. is that moment when you're watching something and you're like, God, this is so fucking sweet. You look around and you're like, are you seeing this right now? Yeah. Like, are you seeing this right now? I'm starting to go to movies, like these yeah. movies by myself in the middle of the day, and I'm always like looking around. I was like, anyone else? No? Yeah, no yeah. one? <laughs> All right. Well, whatever. Uh, do you want to go ahead? I do. Okay. Yeah, because yeah. it's so rare that when you have a cat and mouse chase go on for almost two hours and like the talking back and forth and the fighting each other a couple times that the payoff is what you want yeah and even when he starts to say he's like I'm gonna break your arms I'm gonna break your legs and I'm gonna break your neck yeah and he's like that's not fear you hear my voice it's exciting excitement <laughs> and like that was almost my favorite line that was so awesome <laughs> but it was actually their fight yeah it was their fight at the end like the falling off the roof and the like brutal fighting and then you the first leg gets broken yeah and you're like oh he's gonna do it and the yeah. other leg and then the, the arms and then what I love is whenever you hear someone break a neck in a movie it's, yeah. they're dead right right what I love is he breaks his neck and he's still alive yeah you know and yeah. he's like look at me look at me yeah and then he hits him in the face or the throat and yeah. kills him and I was just like Fuck yeah. yeah. That was so awesome. It was exactly the payoff that I wanted. It was so brutal. And that dude, I was like so not sold on him the whole... I wasn't sure. Yeah. I wasn't sure which way I was. I was on the fence. And I think with him dying and how I felt about it, it just proved that he actually was kind of a sweet bad guy. Yeah, he was good. Yeah. yeah he was a good bad guy. I agree. Um, yeah, totally, totally sweet. I agree. Um, I think that my favorite... I think that my fist pump moment is when the guys are trailing crews in like Louisiana or wherever they are, mm. and they he walks and he's like knows he's being followed, and he like walks into that uh, storage container or oh. whatever it was, like a storage container, or like, like some, a warehouse or whatever. something, yeah. and the guys walk in, like the four dudes around him, he's like, "You followed me in here." That was a mistake. That was a mistake. You're yeah. like, yes. You're like, he's gonna kick all their asses. This is gonna be sweet. The guy like pulls out a gun or something, and he's like, really, really, really. He would have killed. Yeah. yeah. And then I also love uh, what's the line in that he says in there. Oh, he's like, so how do you want to do this? And he's like, uh, one at a time with a bat. Yeah. <laughs> it's like sweet. Yeah. He's definitely like it's 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 a fun character for him to play. I think. I think he must really enjoy it. Yeah. I think. He he's got to really enjoy. It. That was another thing about. I know I'm talking about Walking Dead again, but watching ca- actors play characters that they love. Because I saw I watched the episode of Walking Dead, and then I went straight to watch Jack Reacher. Yeah, and I was sitting there, and Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Tom Cruise have this great similarity in that, like, they're having so much fun. Yeah, being Negan and Jack Reacher. Yeah, and that was like I I, I was watching one after the other. I was like, oh my god, that just looks so fun. Yeah. I just want to be these guys right now. Yeah, savage, awesome. Um, all right, moving on from fist pump moment. Let's get into a little bit of star profiles, a little bit of production development stuff. Uh, there's not much out there about this movie. This no. tends to happen on the new ones. You get to read a little bit about the writers, the directors, the producers, mm-hmm. and some trivia. And there's some stuff written, but there's just not that much out there. Press notes. Yeah, there's press notes, and then also like since it is from a Jack Reacher, like the you know the book uh, series. Um, 
it's always pulled from like certain ones, and it, it's not really true to the story yeah. originally. So um, we'll get into Kobe Smulders. Yep. Uh, I started watching her and How I Met Your Mother long, long time ago. I love that show. I'm a big oh, really? fan of it. But I was never that big of a fan of Robin. I was oh. never that big of a fan of her in general. And I didn't know that that's where she's famous from, huh? Yeah, that's that's what that's what made her famous. And I just don't know. I just I, I didn't think she was her career was going to go this way. I thought she was one of those ones where as soon as the show ends, she's going to hang out on TV for the rest of her career. Yeah. But she went ahead and did uh, Captain America: The Winter Soldier, Avengers: Age of Ultron, uh, The Intervention. Yeah. And then she's going to be in the new Civil War movies, I believe, as well. Yeah, well, I mean, she goes she goes character. all the way back to she goes all the way back to the first Avengers, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's I mean, that's like the that was the big transition, the action the action franchise transition, and she's just managed to be in all those movies. I mean, that that in itself is is mad. Like, yeah, yeah, it's career it's career defining. If we talk about career defining characters, you're and roles, stratospheric at that point. Yeah, yeah, when I saw her in the very first one, I was like, wow, yeah, this is huge for you. It's a big deal. Yeah, and it's yet another. It's yet another like totally like non sexual relationship to a female lead that Cruz has in a movie with yep. with a woman who's like. It's like Cruz. I think it has to just be because of his age now that they match him with women who are like mid thirties. Yeah, right. That's got to be the reason. Yeah, absolutely. Because it would have been. I mean, think of like back in the day. Yeah, you know, it was like bombshells. Yeah, but it's just so funny to watch another movie and just be like. There's just like they there's basically flirting and that's the extent of it. Yeah, it's so weird how like at the end of uh of Rogue Nation as well, doesn't he kind of just don't they just kind of part ways? Yeah. Yeah. Just like at the end of this, it's like, <laughs> okay, bye now. Yeah. It, We've it like makes, flirted on the phone about the dinner we're gonna get and the possible sex we're gonna have. And I came across the it. country and yeah. uh, saved your life and saved the country yeah. and now I'm just gonna leave again. Now I'm just gonna be a drifter. I don't know if I like that. Oh, I don't know. Tom Cruise. <laughs> I don't know who was it. Who just said this? Was it was it you or was it somebody else who said uh, Tom Cruise uh, transcends sexuality? What was that? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Or he, like he's something a, you and I would have he's, said. He's evolved or something. <laughs> yeah. He's evolved beyond sexuality. It, when he's like eighty-five, a piece of him is just going <laughs> to fall off, and it's become a new Tom Cruise. Yeah, and that's what's going to happen. The tree of life. <laughs> um, so, so that's uh, that's that's Kobe Smolders. I want to ask you about her real quick. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. So, in the very first scene in the prison. Yeah. Uh, that you see her kind of in action. Yeah, she seems like a total badass with like a baton. Yeah, right? when, when like Cruz is saving her. And, yeah. yeah, the very next time you see her fight, she's pretty much helpless throughout the rest of the film until the very end. Remember when the dude beats her up in the kitchen? Yeah, yeah. I just think it it was one of those things where watching Rogue Nation and watching Rebecca Ferguson and how badass she was. Look, you need help. Everyone needs help. Jack Reacher needs help. That's yep. fine. But to go from someone that looks like a badass to like kind of catching Reacher off guard, like seeing her fighting is kind of yeah. like, you saw that look in his face, like yeah. they, they, you know you had that in there for a reason. To go right into being like back to helpless, useless fighting chick was yeah. kind of annoying to me. Well, also yeah, and it, but but also like Cruz, so much of the movie was like being such like a chauvinist and like you take care of the girl, I'm going to go fight. Right, you know, that was so much of the story, um, and he almost like didn't didn't really want her to or let her fight. Um, Why do you think they do that? I don't know. I mean, maybe it's it's probably, you know, like we joke about this being PG, but there's a little bit of complexity to the character of Jack Reacher, and I think some of that complexity is that he is very like old world. He's he's noble, but he's also like 
I work alone. Right. I believe I'm stronger. Very set in his ways. Yeah, like, you know, he probably he's probably a little sexist. I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I don't think they want to sell that as the characters. They want him to be a little more likable, but that's why they did it that way. And, uh, uh, being like, what, you think that just because I'm the woman, I'm going to stay home? You know, I don't know how to do this. Yeah. You know, he's like, I don't, I don't know either. Yeah, right. But I do know how to do that, and I'm a criminal. I'm leaving, so... All right, uh, and then you look at Tom Cruise. We were just talking about this, so we did Oblivion in 2013, Edge of Tomorrow in 14, and Rogue Nation in 15. Yeah, Oblivion. It's the, the Oblivion into Edge thing is really interesting because Oblivion is a pretty mediocre movie. Did and you, it's, have you still wa- not watched it? Or I did watched, you finally watch it. I have watched it now, okay, but I, I haven't gotcha. watched it in like a single sitting with the sound on. I I once paid for it and watched a third of it. <laughs> then it was on cable the other night, and I saw a bunch of it. Just and then no. I think. I've seen the whole thing at some other point, but I I could like tell you most of what happens. So it wasn't ever. There's never, and we all know how much you love Tom. There was never anything that you'd seen in any of those different views where you're like, I need to sit down and watch this entire thing from front to front to end. No, no, and and then and then it's it's just a very forgotten about movie. But because it's the same thing Will Smith does. Doing these big action sci-fi movies, it's that's like a conscious choice that a lot of these big movie stars make. Mm-hmm. So when one flops, like Oblivion was kind of a flop. And then Edge was the follow-up. That was, I think, a lot of the reason people didn't care about Edge of Tomorrow was because of that. Yeah, because Edge of Tomorrow was pretty... Uh, it was pretty looked past. And now people love it. Yeah, it's, it's become one of the all-time favorite cruise movies for most people that know about it. Definitely. Like, it comes up in conversation a lot. But when it was in theaters, it wasn't... I mean, that's why they're making a sequel. I didn't see it in theaters. I saw it twice in theaters. I know. I wish I would have. Yeah, I wish I would have. Sweet. Um... And then, and then Rogue Nation, of course, was his last movie. So he's definitely on a, on a tear right now. Um, Mena, which has been re- renamed to American Made, comes oh, out okay. next September. Um, and I believe that's his next movie. I'm so, so curious about that movie. It's either, it's either The Mummy and American Made in the same year, or it's going to be American Made next year and The Mummy in 2018. That's so weird that they're remaking The Mummy. Like, what is with these sequels that... Well, it's not a remake, so we were wrong about this. Oh, is it? No, it's so what, what happened is the studio's making a whole franchise of monster movies, like the classic monster movies. The Mummy, okay. Frankenstein. Like, they're, they're, they're trying to make, like, a whole sort of, like, franchised thing. So this is, like, the classic Mummy, not, like, the Brennan Fraser Mummy. Thank God. Okay, that's so much better. Yeah, yeah. It would have been a very weird remake. It really would have been, and, yeah. and those movies were fine, The Mummy movies. Yeah. You know, you got what you want out of them. Uh, okay, so let's move into uh, production development here. So we have a lot of people actually involved in this movie that we've have we have spoken about on the show before, which is yeah. which is interesting when that happens. You start to be able to look and see how everything connects. But they moved on from Christopher McQuarrie, who uh, actually r- uh, wrote and directed the first Jack Reacher film, and then directed to- uh, Mission Impossible Five. Five, yes. And so they gave it to Ed Zwick, who's the director of The Last Samurai. Ed Zwick is like very famous for making like glory some of the best movies ever made <laughs> the last samurai like he's a big edswick's like a big uh period piece period, yeah. war drama type of thing and this is a weird movie for edswick to make I mean, yeah that's exactly what i thought when i saw that he was he was taking his hand at that. i mean i was stoked because you know how i feel about the last samurai um but with tom cruise you i think that's why you see that when you say that like Oh, there's a lot of people we've covered on different movies. We've covered a lot of Tom Cruise movies. Yeah. And he really likes to surround himself with people that he likes and keep them around. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's, I, I think that uh, the writing in this movie is good. It's it's similar to the first movie in a lot of ways. I think the first movie that I liked the script a little more, I thought it was a little more clever. Like, he, yeah. he, has, he has some better, like, one-liners. His stuff when he's talking to the girl and, and, you know, he's like, I can't afford you. And she's like, I'm not a prostitute. And he's like... 
often the, the most expensive ones are the women who aren't or something like that. Yeah, you yeah, know? exactly. Or no, it's the women you can't. The woman you can't afford is the most expensive one or something like that. Yeah, it's uh, it was the same thing as his London has fallen. Yeah, they took all the things that were sweet about the first one and kind of made them into a joke in the second yeah, one. Yeah, whereas the first one probably or definitely had better writing in both cases. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the first, I mean, makes sense. Macquarie, like, who's very famous for the Usual Suspect script, but um, you know, I I really, really, really enjoy. The writing in the first movie—that's the best yeah. part of it. Like all, all those things in the street, you know, you're, you'll be okay. You'll be okay. Yeah. Remember, you want. This. Remember, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what you remember. You wanted this. Yeah. That's one of my favorites. The first movie just has a couple scenes like that. This one's kind of missing. Um, they tried to recreate that, and obviously, the first scene in this movie—it's um, kind of the same thing. Yeah. But uh, so that's that's Ed's Wick, and it's it's definitely a funny choice. Um, I do think he did a good job, but I think that some of the the action that made the first movie a little more enjoyable was missing from this movie. Mhm. It that is true. This this film just felt fully recycled. Yeah. It was enjoyable, but there was nothing new or innovative about it and I feel like when I go watch John Wick 2 that needs to be in there. Yeah. You know, it really needs to be in there. Yep. Um, so Richard Wank we covered a couple weeks ago for Magnificent Seven, and this is the guy that didn't really get into writing until he was in his 50s or his career didn't take off until he was in his yeah. 50s. Um <clears throat> but he's done most recently all the or both the Equalizer films, Expendables yep. two, Jack Reacher two, Magnificent seven, and uh, he started on sixteen blocks with Bruce Willis yeah. uh, and uh, Most Deaf. Yeah, that was on TV the other day. Did you watched it? I watched about five minutes of it. Sweet. I can't stand most deaf acting. Like yeah. it was real, and him and like Willis together, there's no chemistry at all. It was just really hard to watch. It was just like you guys are two of the most famous people in the world right now, right? Yeah, let's just throw you in this movie together. Um. I'm very curious to see like where this guy's career goes. I feel like Richard Wink, by the time I'm like in my forties, yeah, I'm like that guy's probably my favorite weird action movie director. Yeah, you know, oh, right, I mean, yeah, uh, writer, right. uh, yeah, blockbuster action movie writer. Yeah, I mean, shit. Both Equalizer, Expendables two, Jack Reacher two, Magnificent seven. Um, he worked on Magnificent seven, but with there with, was the, the other guy um, uh, with Nick Pizzolatto, who yes. wrote, yeah, who wrote uh, True Detective. Um, and then you have Lee Child, who uh, this is interesting. So this is actually based on on Jack Reacher book eighteen, whereas the first Jack Reacher is book nine. So it's not a direct sequel. Okay, he's written twenty one books. Uh, Jim Grant is his real name. Eighteen of them are Jack Reacher novels. It's <laughs> pretty sweet. It's pretty funny, right? I, I mean, our fans have talked about how they really like the books. I'm yeah, I should check them out. I mean, I tend to find like. I don't read a lot of books these days, but I tend to find that if there's a ser- if there's a franchise and it has 18 books in it, like it's probably a little bit recycled by the yeah. time you, <laughs> you know, obviously it would be hard to to reinvent it every time. But um, you know, he's he's won awards, the Anthony Award for best for for best first novel for his first book, um, and then he became president of the uh, was like the Mystery Writers Association or something, which is I think I think that's where the Anthony Award comes from, uh, okay, or something like that. I don't know so much about it, but. Um, Marshall Herskovitz is another one of the guys involved with this. He's another writer on the film. Um, he is the president of the Producers Guild of America. Um, among his productions are Traffic, The Last Samurai, Blood Diamond, I Am Sam. Um, he's just another guy that has a bunch of movies that are related to Tom Cruise. You yeah. Heard, you heard Last Samurai in there, so... I, I just stopped listening. I just, yeah. I just heard that. Uh, yeah, I mean, there was... With the producers of this film, as you know, Tom Cruise, he likes to produce a lot of his own movies. He's got his, you know, Cruise Wagner, but then it, uh, did they rename it? Or is it still? I think it's still Cruise Wagner, but I don't think she was a producer on this film. No, she wasn't. Uh, 
Don Wagner, I believe. Is Don Granger? Don Granger, excuse yeah. me, uh, came in and he did that. He's uh, he's an interesting guy. He's only produced about 10 things. He got his career started in like the early 90s, and um, and he moved over and became a VP of production at Paramount. Yep. And then after that, in 2001, he joined uh, Gary Levinson to work on a production company called uh, The Mutual Film Company. After yep. that is kind of where he started working with Tom Cruise. That's when he joined Paula Wagner and Tom Cruise and theirs. And if you'll see, like, the last six of his credits or ten or yeah six of his credits over half of them are all tom cruise films yeah as it tends to be i mean i think it's like one of those things you can get in the inner circle if you start to be involved with a movie star of that caliber it's like you can pretty much bet that the movies you work on will be hits so probably good to stick with them yeah yeah and then i think he's over at united artists now he's just one of those guys that's like he knows he knows the right people and he doesn't ever do anything too risky so he doesn't ever lose anyone too much money totally um critically this movie, yeah, unfortunately, but not surprisingly, it, it, it cost a little bit more money. It cost sixty million. Yeah, um, so it cost sixty million dollars. It opened this last weekend. Uh, it gr- grossed twenty two million, eh, twenty three million domestic and thirty one worldwide for a total of fifty four ish million dollars. Got beat out by good old Medea. Yeah, boo a Medea Halloween. Yeah, solid. I didn't know they were still making Medea films. Oh, they will never stop. They'll never stop, right? Tom Cruise will probably like knowing him. He'll probably be in one at some point. He (laughs) probably has a close friendship to Tyler Perry. Like, it just strikes me as like, you know what I mean? Oh, I can totally see them hanging out. Super like, super like talented, smart, incredibly wealthy, successful. Yeah, they probably like know each other. They have like a squash game weekly or something (laughs) like that. (laughs) Yeah, backgammon. Yeah. Um, yeah, Medea opened at twenty eight and a half million. Cruz is going to be in the next Medea Halloween, but he's going to play Medea. It's going to be <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's just dangerous. Yeah, Downey Jr. could pull it off. Yeah. Uh, so critically, this is where this is the massive gap. When I went and I was looking at stuff, and it was IMDb gave it a six point five. You're like, okay, it's about right. Like, okay. Yeah, and then you go to Rotten Tomatoes. 39, 35, and fifty two respectively. Even audience only gave it a fifty two. I, I don't know why. I mean, I t- honest to God, that's about what I would have given it. Like a fifty-two. I probably I know a little you didn't like this to, as much as I did. Uh, probably a little closer to sixty. Like it has uh, tons of things that I enjoy, right. but it's not like I would only give the first Jack Reacher movie like a high sixty, maybe a low seventy. Like I, I think that this franchise is like thoroughly entertaining, but like compare it to like a really good Tom Cruise movie. Compare it to like Rogue Nation or Edge of Tomorrow, and it's like we're talking, it, we're really talking like a different. You know, cal- a caliber of conversation. All right, we cover so many franchises on this show, so many movies that are talked about to make a sequel or a trilogy or da 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 da. We got to come up with, I don't know what to call it right now, but it just popped in my head. It like an AMA segment of do we kill it or do we keep going? Oh, sure. And so what do we do, man? Because we did that with uh, we did that with Born, I think. Yeah. Oh, well, that was the conversation. It was, it was a com- Born, Bond, or Mission Impossible, right? Which is the one that we think should end. Right. And yeah. we uh, ended up agreeing that it was. Born, maybe? Born. I well, think it was I, born. we chose two different ones. I can't remember which ones we chose, but um, yeah, we did that on our Jason Bourne episode because we were we were so pumped. Yeah. And actually, watching Jason Bourne was a huge letdown. Yeah, that was a big one. Uh, one of the bigger letdowns I think ever for an action movie for me. Yeah, I was so hyped. It looked so sweet. So, what do you think, man? Jack Reacher with Jack Reacher. Do you oh, kill I, it or keep going? I would kill it. Yeah, I don't. I I don't need to see a Jack Reacher three. The thing is. The Mission Impossible movies get to keep being made because they're fucking awesome. They're, and they're really awesome. And they're just like, they just embody so many things that make Cruise great. Like, it's it's his brand, but it's just so, like, 
they reinvented the franchise from yeah. the beginning. It's a different franchise than it was when it started. Three, four, and five it's very different. are totally different movies. Four and five especially are different movies. And that works. It's really good. Like it's a great it's a great thing for him. This is like the character of Jack Reacher is fun, but Tom Cruise is too famous to keep making Jack Reacher movies. Yeah, it, and like Jack Reacher is just like He's a drifter around the United States and stuff. One of the coolest things about the Furious franchise and the Mission Impossible franchise is it's become like going on a ride to the coolest place in the world world. and then putting an action movie there. Yeah, totally. You know, whereas this was just like the same old, you know, alleyways, dark, shitty warehouses. I think I agree, man. I think you kill it. I think even though there's 18 more books to pull from or whatever, like... And I actually like this one more than the first one. Yeah. I don't want to see a third either. Yeah, I, I mean, we pulled the numbers on the first Jack Reacher, 218 worldwide, and and, and uh, I will be very curious to know what happens with the with the with the income on this film. Obviously, it costing sixty and having so far grossed fifty four million is fine. That's pretty good. But I wonder if the replay value worldwide is going to be good enough to make them want to make another movie. Yeah, I mean, if you go from getting a four hundred percent return on a fifty million dollar to uh, a 100% return on a $60 million movie, then that ends up not being a whole lot there. But it is Tom Cruise, and it is his, his production company, so he can just keep doing whatever he wants. Yeah, but he also... But Cruise also, it makes so few movies, mm-hmm. and the whole releasing a movie a year thing... This is like this, using your one. Yeah, exactly. It's not worth that's it. The, that's the thing I find so, so, so surprising about him making the movie, is that it's like, there's a certain amount of... You know, he, for instance, like... He goes on Jimmy Kimmel, and he goes on James Corden, and he mm-hmm. does the, he does the thing that I talked about, and he did he told a great story on Jimmy Kimmel about um, he told a great story on Jimmy Kimmel that he was like I've never told you know Jerry this about Top Gun. He's like, but uh, I was going to do the movie anyway, but before I agreed to do it, I demanded that he let me fly in the jet four times, um, <laughs> and, and he's like, I'm sorry, Jerry, I never told you the story, and then he tells the story about flying in the jet. But like you know, those are great appearances and they're fun. But the the trick with stuff like that is you have to be sparing with how often you do it. You can't right. you can't go on and talk all the time, tell all your stories. So like Tom Cruise on a late night talk show, as a Cruise fan, I'm like so pumped. Yeah, you know, I watch those clips. I'm like, this is I'm so in on this. But he's only going to do it once a year. So it's like you have to choose. What are you promoting with it? Right. Is what I want to do for the next two years, three years of my career is promote Jack Reacher movies. That's what I'm saying. It's like why, even in the middle of the, the run they do, you know, he like does the scene from Jack Reacher 1. And James Corden, this is similar to another movie. He's like, yeah, we have a sequel coming out. And he does the, he does the plug for it. And I was just kind of like, I was a fan of Tom Cruise, and I was watching the show, and I didn't know Jack Reacher 2 was coming out because I didn't see Jack Reacher 1, I would kind of be like, what did I miss? Right. Was Jack Reacher 1 really good or something? Like, why are they making another one? Whereas it's like, oh, you're promoting Mission Impossible 5? Well, of course I'm going to see Mission Impossible 5. Everyone's going to go see that. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen all the movies. They're fucking sweet. Yeah, I mean, I don't think... Yeah, I think he needs to to cut Jack Reacher out of the the equation and... um, he really is the only person where two studios would just be like, yep, here's a franchise. Yeah. Oh, I know you're Ethan Hunt. Yeah. But you're Jack Reacher for us. Yeah. Like, you're also Jack Reacher. <laughs> that's yeah. awesome. Yeah. So uh, that is that is my opinion is that I don't think we need to make another one. Um, in fact, I think this cues up a segment we're going to do, which is uh, top five least necessary sequels of all time. Oh, okay. So on a previous episode, we'd done the top five worst sequels. Yes, and so this is this is movies that we feel there was no need for a sequel. Like, seeing the sequel come out was like, really? Right. Huh. It doesn't mean that the second movie was bad. It means it was unnecessary. Yes. Okay, I, I, I can hop on board with this for sure. Uh, 
I'm going to start with this movie because I really I do think this is one of the five least necessary. Not because it's bad. That's the thing. That's the thing that I really want to make clear here. I enjoyed this movie, and yeah. that's not even like I'm saying like I enjoyed it. So it's like I'm not harping on it. What I'm saying is that the point is it was an unnecessary sequel to make in the first place. It's it's about did we need to see the sequel or not? Not if the sequel was good. If the sequel was good, so be it. That's right. lucky. Um, I in fact enjoy almost all of the things I wrote down. Yeah, I mean I, I can see that. Um, I think with my first one, I'm going to go. Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, but which one? It, the second one. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, even though I like the second one. Okay. That's the point, though, for me, is that... I mean, I guess if, I, if I'm, if i like, thinking from a business standpoint, I'd have to say the third one, because it's like, you have to make the second one. The first one made so much money, and yep. everyone wanted to see it, and everyone wanted another one. But once you start down that path of right. that this isn't a standalone movie... You can just go forever. Mm-hmm. So I think that the most unnecessary sequel is Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, because that stemmed the other two, because yeah. they're making another one now, too. Fifth one. Or, yeah, three, excuse me. And they've been so bad. Whereas the original Pirates of the Caribbean is one of the best action-adventure movies ever made. Yeah, the first one's super sweet. I'm trying to remember the titles of all of them because I think the only one I've ever watched all the way through is the first one I, I've seen bits and pieces I watched I think the fourth one on an airplane once so there's Black Pearl Dead Man's Chest At World's End yeah and then the fourth one which, which is, is called like the something of life or something yeah it, who's who's an engineer Fountain the of Youth do you know what it is the fourth uh, one Marissa I'm, I'm looking it up I have seen it because the fourth one has Penelope Cruz that's right, right. that's yeah. the one and the fifth one's not going to have J- Depp right no I think he is it not I think Johnny Depp's not in this one. For some reason, I thought he he had been convinced to come back. If or, he's not, then that's the worst thing that's ever happened. Or if he, maybe he's in it and they just didn't put him in the trailer. Maybe that's what yeah, it is. Yeah, maybe. But, um, uh, all right, so... On Stranger Tide. That's right. That's Stranger Tide. Right, there we go. Okay. Yeah, those things. They're currently making the fifth ones. Right. So I will I will go with uh, Transformers 4. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with Transformers 2. Oh, you're going to the second one? Yeah, it's actually on my list as well. Because the second one to me was like, okay, you have to make the second one because like the cartoon had so much, had so many legs. There's right. been comics forever. There's so many stories to draw from. Like this was really good. People love the first movie. I love the first Transformers. But that's the one with yeah, the first Transformers is amazing. Yeah. But the second Transformers isn't that one with the racist robots yeah. and just like yep. because the third one actually isn't that bad. The fourth one is terrible. That's the, the second one, I'm one saying. is pretty damn bad. Well, because the fourth one is the one where you're like. So you're changing lead stars. Yeah. You're going to give me Mark Wahlberg now. And, and there's it, a fifth one coming out. Yeah, and it's like you're going to have Tyrannosaurus Rex Transformers, which I get it. They were, you, called, you, they were called the Dinobots, for the record. Right. Grimlock is the name of the Tyrannosaurus Rex one. Like, you hear that, and you're just like, oh, fuck yeah, I want yeah. dinosaur robots. Yeah, he's like, he's, <laughs> and I wonder if the, in, the, in the cartoon he was like, Grimlock smash. That's like how he talked. I wonder if he'll do that in the, in the movie. I wouldn't, I wouldn't throw it past him. Okay, so we got Pirates, Transformers. Um, is it my turn? No, yeah, I, it's your I, turn. I guess it's technically your turn, since okay. I stole Transformers as well. Uh, I'm going to go Evan Almighty. I love that choice. Do you remember that? I love Bruce Almighty. Yeah, Bruce Almighty is great. I actually really like that. And movie. then they gave Steve Carell his own sequel. Yeah, so weird. So weird. Bruce Almighty was like very entertaining, and like they were like, well, and Evan was the bad guy. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was one of those weird things where like they were just like, all right, well, people liked this movie enough, and. Steve Carell's up and coming. We can make this movie. It, yeah, it's it, like grabbing. It's yeah. really pulling. We're reaching for straws. Yeah. Um, and then backstabber. Uh, you know what? On that note, I'm going to do another Jim Carrey one. Then what about Dumb and Dumber Two? Oh yeah, twenty years later. Yeah, not Dumb and Dumberer, where it was with two different the people. Prequel when Harry met Lloyd. <laughs> right. <laughs> 
That was the full title. Thing. I know that's yeah. brilliant. Which actually wasn't. I remember watching that with my buddy when it came out, and we like we like laughed. Wasn't as bad as you thought. Yeah. What I I heard it's one of the most unwatchable movies ever made. Oh, it, it is. Okay. But it, I think it's because I was so young and I was like so excited that another yeah. Dumb and Dumber was out. Dumb and Dumber Two, however, is just that sucks that happened. I didn't watch it. I, I still didn't either. Yeah. I still, and the fact that you and I, as much as we love Dumb and Dumber and Jim Carrey, it's quoted the movie is quoted like daily, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. and we we just didn't want to see it. That's that's why it's it's unnecessary. I'll jump in next with uh, with a with a recent one, um, one that I also didn't see, um, which is probably unfair. But now you see me too, which is funny because Marissa heard us yeah. talking before <laughs> the show, and she's like, "Oh, I like Now You See Me Too," and it's not that it's not a good movie. No, I also didn't see Now You See Me. The point was that Now You See Me, the trailers were like, "Wow, it's a star." Star-studded cast, like this is this is a pretty big, big thing, and like it's be a heist movie. This will be cool. Yeah. And then it came out. It came and went. And I heard nothing. I didn't hear a word. Nobody talked about it. Like I was like, wow, that was just one of those movies where like they got a lot of big names and and no one cared. I wonder if it made any money. You and I were recently on a, a movie trivia show. Yeah, and the clue for this movie was uh, Mark Ruffalo and Woody Harrelson yeah. in a live action sequel that came out this year. Yeah, and and you after like a couple seconds, you you like get the nod and you leaned over and you're like, "It's now you see me too." Yeah, <laughs> and I was like, "How the fuck did you know that?" Yeah, <laughs> you know, like I I did, even the guy that the guy that we ended up actually losing by half a point. That's I, I I will take the blame for that. But the guy that beat us, who was actually he was he was pretty good. His partner was I can't even believe they won. I love these guys; they're very nice guys. But Kyle. He was up there in his final round. He's like that. These this equation doesn't make sense. Yeah. These people in the year. It, it, he just it was beyond him. Yeah, and that's so I completely agree. Like when they said they were making a Now You See Me too, I laughed out loud. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I, I it came out. I was like, this is so. And then I feel like the second one came and went yeah. just as fast as the first one did. And it could be good. The whole franchise might be good. Real weird. I'm gonna go 28 weeks later. Yeah, I agree with you because it was one of those things where the first movie's so good on its own. doesn't need a sequel. You don't need to do it. Like, it's so good. 28 Days Later is by far one of my, like, top 20 movies. And they just... Just don't. Yeah, 28 Days Later, man. That was, and, and 28 Weeks Later is fine. It's fine, but now it's this conversation. It was like, oh my god, 28 Days Later is so good. Did they make a third one? I think they were talking about it. I thought they made, like, like a third one. That was something like, like that. There was, I thought there was a third one. I, I can't remember what it was. Um... My last one is U.S. Marshals, the uh, the 1998 sequel to The Fugitive. I love U.S. Marshals. <laughs> I also love U.S. Marshals. It's got Robert Downey Jr. in it. Uh, it's got righteous. the whole the whole gang came back. When I saw U.S. Marshals as a kid, I didn't know that it was a sequel to The Fugitive because I've okay. never seen The Fugitive. Oh, really? I told the story a lot of times on here about those VHS tapes that I had that right, I got the, all the copies at the yard sale, yeah. and there was like three or four recorded HBO movies on each side, and there was like seven of them or something like that. So yeah, it was like 30 or 35 movies I'd never seen before, all all from the last like few years in the 90s, and U.S. Marshals was on there. I that you watch U.S. Marshals, and you're just like, well, wow, what was that? Yeah. And then you watch Fugitive, you're like, well, this is a good movie. Yeah, exactly. This is what it really- <laughs> it's like actually good. So I, I'm torn on my last one. It's either the second Mask of Zorro, the oh, Legend, yeah. of Legend of Zorro. Because the first one was one of my favorite movies yeah. growing up. Yeah. But I think it's Star Wars episodes one through three. Oh, see. I th- I'll give you Zorro. Because that to <laughs> me is like, Zorro, it's like, I get why you guys could or couldn't make a sequel. But it's not like the first Zorro was like such a fan favorite that like years later there, there should have been a need to do that. Right. It was a well, really- Zorro was a huge fan favorite. Not the movie, but the, the character. character. Yeah. yeah. And people love that movie. The, the Antonio Banderas yes. one. Like that's a, that's a popular movie. But it wasn't like, 
of course there's going to be a sequel. This move, this movie made like in the top ten this year, right? It wasn't. Right. It wasn't like. It just was one of those like you could take it or leave it. Yeah, yeah. I understand the Star Wars argument, which is why I had to have another one. Yeah, the Star Wars argument. In retrospect, obviously those movies are horrible, and it's a total shame that that happened. But, but what if there was only three Star Wars movies ever, and not nine, and not twelve in twenty years, and not fifteen in thirty years? What if there was just the original three? Well, I remember in the '90s before before it came out. I mean, I'm growing up. I loved Star Wars. Right, but were you always just like, give me more? Or were you like, that's the greatest trilogy ever? It never struck me that there was going to be more Star Wars movies. So that's why I say, yeah. is it unnecessary? Well, even when they, even when they announced the D. Abrams movies, the you know the new ones, like it's such a crazy idea that there's going to be more Star Wars movies when they mm-hmm. do that. Like I remember just being like my jaw dropped, just like wow, they're going to make more Star Wars movies, right? What? And, and I feel like as a diehard Star Wars fan, you're like so excited and so terrified. Yeah, totally. And then the first one hits, you're like, fuck yes, give me more, give me more. Whereas Back then, it was the first one hit. You're like, what happened? Yeah. This is an abomination. Yeah. Yep. Jar Jar. <laughs> Jar Jar. At least uh, Darth Maul was sweet, though. You Darth know? Maul was very sweet. Yeah, in episode one. You were the chosen one. That was sweet, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, shall we get a new favorite line? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. What do you got? Uh, my favorite line, I laughed out loud in the theater, and if I was by myself, I would have called you. Yeah. And it's... It's when they're in the place picking out clothes for her to go to the the woman's uh, church school, yeah. the the go away school or whatever. I can't talk today, and um, and he's like talking to her and he says something to her. Da, 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 da. Yeah, and she goes, "You're really intense. Yeah. <laughs> you know that." And then just walks away. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I just died laughing because it's like that's just not even that's just Tom Cruise yeah. is being told that totally <laughs> not Jack Reacher yeah I love it I liked when um, he's got his lawyer in the in the, like the cell or whatever and he like knows that he needs to escape and he like pauses for a second and he looks at her and he's like uh pri- like what's the whatever private or whatever he calls yeah. it he's like private my blood sugar's a little low would you mind going and getting me something from the mess hall maybe a, perhaps a sandwich maybe or something sandwich. <laughs> she's like Sure, okay. And you're just like, way to go, Chris. You're like, way to trick her. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, my blood sugar's low. Yeah. What? <laughs> I've like, eaten all day. Yeah, that one's sweet. And I also just like when he's like, I'm going to break your legs. Yeah. I'm going to break your arms. I'm going to break your fucking neck. Like, <laughs> And then he's like, yeah. oh, I also like he gets the one fuck in the movie. Yeah. What does he say? Uh, it's just basically when something's about to happen, the girl's being used against him. I think it's at the very, very yeah. end. And the guy says, the bad guy says something and Cruz is just, oh, it's when he's about to put the gun down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's just like fuck he puts yeah. the gun down and because it's the only time he would ever sacrifice right. yeah because uh, his daughter were you disappointed in the end that it wasn't did you think it sh- he she should have been i don't know i don't think so yeah because like it, it's so weird when she said that he had a daughter it was like Tom Cruise doesn't have sex with people yeah <laughs> Jack, Jack doesn't sleep with people he has transcended sexuality <laughs> exactly <laughs> and then later on in the film he even says he's like I remember the women I sleep with yeah and then she's like oh well then you know so she right. knows which I actually kind of like that I thought yeah. that was interesting yeah but I was let down that she wasn't his daughter even though I don't think she should have been well if she was his daughter and they ever decided to make a third one then she has to be in it which is like you have to have the kid storyline become a part of the to- part of the right. richer which is like it's a, it's a stretch did you like her she was okay she was alright she was okay yeah I she, didn't I didn't love her I didn't hate her she like, was never off-putting she was never like overly endearing yeah she was a kid she played she played a kid well yeah um, yeah I thought that was 
I thought that was good. Um, what else we got today? Uh, we're not doing a traditional recast. Still no answer on the rankings. Yeah. Um, we're just counting on you guys yeah. at this point. <laughs> I just don't know what to do, I man. Know. There's so many. It just got to that point where we'd be looking up there at a screen with like 80 movies on it or something. Yeah. I mean, Reacher would definitely rank at this point. Um, he'd the be, character would. Oh, yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure, Reacher would rank. We should have like a battle royale. Yeah. We'll, we'll, with all the badass dudes. Yeah. After an episode 100, we could have every character... Yeah, and like figure out the greatest action movie hero. Episode 100 is going to have to be like a like a whole week of content, like we wanted to do for episode 50, but didn't do. Right, we just did, <laughs> we just did the rock stuff over and over. Yeah, we just did the watch along and the yeah. movie. Yeah, the rock's so sweet. God, that movie's good. So Are good. you watching Westworld by the way? No, people keep telling me about yeah, that. I haven't watched it yet, but I've heard it's really good. Yeah? All right. Let's check uh, it out. So, uh, yeah, I think uh, which of the three action movie categories this fits into, totally ridiculous. Those are movies like Con Air, Face Off, they kind of fall apart. They're totally absurd. Mm-hmm. You laugh unintentionally all along. Uh, movies that are totally legitimate, like uh, The Fugitive. Gladiator. Or Gladiator, yeah, you know, that really hold together exceptionally well and are, and are strong dramatically. And then there's uh, Legitimately Ridiculous, which is... Or ridiculously legitimate movies like The Rock or uh, Point Break, Speed, Predator. Predator. They, they're like awesome. They're compelling. They're grounded, but you do laugh unintentionally a little bit every now and then. Yeah, something catches you off guard. Yeah, I, I mean, I think for me, I think this movie—it's just hard to say. I, I yeah. want to call it. I know where I put it. Actually, go ahead. I, I it's ridiculously legitimate for me. Okay, it really is, and I think the reason why is. I was I would find myself kind of surprised yeah. that I was tense. You know what I mean? Yeah. I would kind of find myself like I'd be like taught like oh my god what's going to happen next and I'd be like wait why am I doing this? This is a Tom Cruise movie. The girl's going to be fine. Tom Cruise is going to win. Nothing's going to happen to Colby Smulders and he's going to win at the end of the day. Yeah. And the bad guy's going to die. How's he going to get out of it? Yeah. <laughs> th- that's exactly what happened. But since it was engaging enough to get me to that point to where yeah. I had to like pull myself out of it. Be right. like, dude, no. Uh, I had to give it the middle category. Yeah, I guess I'll, I'll agree with you on that one because I can't legitimately justify this being totally ridiculous because it's not. I'm not just like falling over laughing the whole time and it's definitely not totally legitimate. Yeah. So it's somewhere it's somewhere in that middle category uh, of ridiculously legitimate is where I would rank it in the end. Um, we have one last segment of the do. show to do and that's called The, the Pish. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that one that got away from one. me. It's a bad one, man. <laughs> Losing your voice. I drink a lot this weekend. You're going full Cuba right now. Full <laughs> Cuba. He like tries to do. He shows up in the James Corden thing for the Show Me the Money. Oh, he like does walks he? on, and he's like trying to do like Show Me the Money, like yelling it, but it's like Show Me, uh, like you know, drinking will ruin your voice. Alex, uh, a good friend of ours, who actually was oh he 86 him, right? He 86 Cuba from a rest- his restaurant because he was a really really creepy belligerently drunk uh, dude. Do you know who he was hitting on? Yes, it was yeah. uh, with Brie, right? Brie Winkler. It was Brie Winkler. The weather girl. The weather lady. My favorite. <laughs> she is just beautiful and lovely. I love Brie Winkler. That's so funny. I actually was just telling that story like two days ago, and I yeah. couldn't remember the girl. Yeah. And the second you said that, I remembered it was Brie Winkler. Brie Winkler. Big shout out to Brie Winkler. Yeah, big shout out. She, that girl really delivers the news. She's a sweetheart. She's very sweet. Uh, that is going to do it. What are we pitching? We, we didn't pitch it. We didn't actually. Yeah. We just talked about the pitch. <laughs> Uh, jeez, I you know I want to go old school, man. There was the the movie Old School. <laughs> I want to do old school. I'm here for the gangbang. I want to go old school, like 
classic 90s, like a True Lies type, you know? Ooh, okay. Yeah, so guys, uh, we don't have the firepower on us right now to pitch the movie that we want to pitch. So we don't. I guess that, that should leave it in the hands of the viewers. Uh, somebody, that happened recently. Was it Roadhouse that, that was the case? That was the one. I mean, you guys have been literally asking us to do Roadhouse for a year plus. We did it. Inception was another one people had been begging us to yeah. do for so long. And luckily, we Rachel wanted to do that. So... Guys, blow up at AMA Podcast with what movies that you have been pitching forever. We haven't... You know what? No, we can't do Heat because we've got a special thing for Heat. Yeah, we've got a special thing going on with Heat. Yeah, special guest. The pitch. A special guest. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so let's just have... How about you guys hit us up at AMA Podcast? Let us know what movies you've been waiting for the most, and we will put up either a poll or announcement of what we've chosen. Absolutely. Uh, Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Marissa, thank you. Steven, thank you. And uh, we'll see you same time, same place next week. Goodbye. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Popcorn Talk Network or its owners or principals.